So quite frankly, I don't know a whole lot of what I'm doing up here, so bear with me as we go through uh, prophecy this morning. Uh, Glenn is in Vancouver. Um, Steve Fish, the former head pastor there, and today is his formal celebration and goodbye uh, at Vancouver Vineyard. So Glenn is there spending some time with them, seeing Steve off. So therefore, I got stuck with uh, but I got blessed with, I get to, right, I get to be up here this morning. To be quite frank with you, it's been a weird Sunday morning for me, so I feel very strange. We'll pray, and hopefully that's not the case anymore after that. Um, so real quick, we'll, we'll, we'll pray, we'll get into this whole little spiel, um, and we'll, we'll just go from there. So Lord God, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to love on you um, and to be in uh, community and relationship with one another. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We invite you to bring your rest and bring your comfort this morning, God. God, throughout the rest of this morning, I just pray that you would begin to uh, speak uh, and put the right words on each person's heart as we go throughout um, your word this morning. Jesus, whatever whatever I say this morning, uh, all the good stuff may it be retained, may it be... Um, Good, good food to the soul, and anything that is, it is, it is not right or doesn't register well with the heart may be thrown out um, and, and uh, forgotten. Um, let all the good stuff stay. Yeah. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been doing the Unwrapped series, The Spiritual Gifts, um, and Glenn was doing tongues last week and got so wrapped up in how good he was doing that he needed to split it into two. So I'm doing prophecy this week. This keeps falling off my ear. Uh, and, uh, and then he'll be back for part two of tongues next week, and then he'll do a second part of prophecy uh, the following week. Um, so gift of prophecy, that's what I've got there. Uh, to revisit really quickly what we've been doing series-wise, I wanted to just go back to 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 2 through 4. Can you guys still hear me? This mic is falling all over the place on my face, so as long as you guys can hear me. Um, so 1 Corinthians 2 through 12, uh, 4 through 12, sorry. Uh, reads, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one spirit. And to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Um, like Glenn, I always have the war along with, do I uh, put scriptures up there? Do I tell, tell you guys to all get Bibles out? So I decided not to on this. Um, so we're, that's kind of our context for the whole spiritual gifts um, Variety of gifts is the key part there at the very beginning of verse 4. So prophecy is just one of the gifts that we're going to touch on. And uh, this morning, I I get to do that. I love the prophetic. It's so fun. I don't, I shoot a lot of air balls in the prophetic, but uh, it's a fun thing to talk about um, just because there's there's a verse about uh, seeking out the mysteries of God. There's uh, the glory of kings to seek out the mysteries of God. So seeking out the prophetic in whatever you do, in words of knowledge, in um, prophetic worship, prophetic, whatever it is, um, there's, there's a seeking out that happens in it, and so it's always, it's always fun for me, and Paul talks about there being 
um, to a, a desire and earnestly seek and desire, especially the gift of prophecy. And we'll get into some more of that here in just a sec. But um, as we move forward, the one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, just as the basic premise for prophecy and in any gift, uh, is, is love. In 1 Corinthians 13, um, Paul kind of lays our foundation for um, what the gifts are meant for and what the gifts are meant to be used out of. Uh, and we'll start that first with uh, a quote. For those of you um, who like books, uh, me, uh, Glenn, and our friend John Dressover at Grace Chapel, and I think the Laurentes also, have been going through the book Translating God. Uh, it's by a pastor named Sean Bowles, and he pastors a local church in the L.A. area. Um, but this is from his book, and I thought it was really uh, really great for kind of laying down a foundation for the prophetic. It says, the prophetic is meant to be like this. It is the technology or smart device to our spiritual love. It is the tool that accelerates relationship and creates connection with people, cities, countries, industries, and the world. Through it, we see a very real glimpse of God's heart and get to treat people exactly the way God intended them to be treated from the beginning. Um, that, whole, that whole paragraph right there kind of, to me at least, exemplifies uh, the reason we have gifts, the reason the gift of prophecy is something we're supposed to have. It's meant to love on people, and it's meant to see people in a way that God has always been seeing them, um, and it's meant to encourage them into living into the fullness and life that God has for them. Uh, to to kind of give some scripture context to that, we'll, we'll revisit 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 2. And if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I deliver my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Uh, it proceeds to go into um, what love is, patient, kind, not jealous, not envious, it doesn't brag. Uh, but the premise here for a gift, the premise for prophecy, it is meant to be out of a place of love. If you're not doing it out of love, don't bother doing it. That's, that's my, my stance on it. If you eagerly seek to be prophetic so that you can get cool words and be known for being the prophetic guy, don't, don't, don't do it. That's my, it's really simple. I, I want, want, and people will notice too. If it's not out of love, people will, will know quickly. Um, which brings us to that little nugget. Prophecy is a gift given out of love for love. Uh, so obviously love is the, the context for why we have gifts. Uh, my Bible here for that first Corinthians 13, it's titled the excellence of love. Um, Shane prayed something about excellence earlier this morning, and it just kind of resonated with what we have here. Uh, also, as I was kind of going through this, the other, the other foundation or major piece that I find for the, our, our basis for the, prop, for the gift of prophecy and the prophetic uh, is love, and then also reminding ourselves that it's a gift. We are not entitled to this, and it is also freely given. It's a twofold thing. Um, it, it has been given freely. You don't need to be you know, a high and mighty preacher, have your stuff figured out, um, preaching to thousands of people to get incredible words. Uh, it, it's already being given as a free gift to you, uh, just like anything else from the Lord. Uh, and it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, you don't have to work hard enough for it. We are to desire it, but to desire it because it's already given to us to live out more of it, not because it is restricted or held back from us. Um, so the definition of gift from Webster, from Miriam Webster's, um, is this notable capacity, talent, or endowment, something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. That last part sounds a whole lot like the gospel. 
um, something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. Uh, and then the other part of it is the act, right, or power of giving. So, again, help, help me out here. Prophecy, it is a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a gift is freely Okay, awesome. That's great. I'm glad we're starting. To, I'm glad we're getting this together as a family. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then the other, the other thing, uh, this is for my friend Brogan Marcotte and Glenn Schroeder. We break for Greek. Um, I can't remember. Brogan, how am I supposed to say this again? Propheteia in the Greek there. Um, and and the, the definition from Strong's Concordance is to prophesy or prophecy, and then the, the gift of communicating and enforcing revealed truth. So as we get into this whole gift and what it's about, this is what uh, the, the classic definition is for, um, and at least what, what's being spoken of from a biblical context, uh, this is the, the intent, was, was this definition right here. Um, moving forward, we'll dive right in. So we're going to be going through 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, kind of as the um, main chunk of scripture for which we're basing this out of. Paul is instructing the First Corinthian church on orderly service um, and how to properly exercise, use, and desire the gifts. Um, hence, the foundation first being laid out about love and what love is before diving into tongues, prophetic, what worship should look like. Um, Paul's kind of saying, here's where it all starts. If you're not doing this, don't bother. And now we'll get into this as long as you're, you're staying connected to love. So we'll read through the entire scripture, uh, and then we'll go through this. Uh, 14.1, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. Uh, so again, Glenn started on the, on the tongues deal. He'll probably touch on the correlation between tongues, prophecy, the importance of it. Uh, but for today, we'll keep it here on prophecy. First uh, Corinthians 14.3, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Uh, another Sean Bowles quote. The book's really good, by the way. I probably should read it. Probably should read it. This is the goal of prophecy, to connect people to the empowering nature of God so they can become like him and display his marvelous nature to all the earth. I have those together for a reason. Uh, so essentially, Paul says, here's what we're, we're doing this for, to build up, encourage, and, and, and console one another as a church. And Sean's, I, I don't know if he's necessarily translating that scripture, but it feels like it a lot. Uh, Sean's essentially saying, and I agree with this, uh, the point and the use of the gift of prophecy is to encourage one another into the fullness of who they are in their identity. The, the whole point, if you get a word of knowledge, um, if you, or if you feel like you have a directional word for someone's life, uh, I can probably tell you right now, if it has to do with some kind of like hidden sin or if it has to do with where they're falling short or if you're really just using prophecy as a way to critique someone, it's probably not from the Lord. It may be, but probably not. A general rule of thumb that I learned uh, uh, through a couple years of school is we don't prophesy like, you don't prophesy 
death, you don't prophesy money, you don't prophesy. There's certain things that are just kind of no-nos. Yeah, you don't prophesy babies. Um, you don't prophesy uh, kind of critical, critical critiquing of life choices. You don't prophesy discipline uh, in the sense of you're doing this wrong and the Lord wants you to do this. Um, generally, that's a kind of a gray area no-no unless you have relationship. It's a different context if someone that you are close to gets a word from the Lord. If the Laurentis came and told me they got a word about some kind of you know, discipline thing, I'll probably still listen to them because of close relationship that's there. Now, if Bob that walks in from Starbucks uh, and doesn't know me at all comes in and he tells me that uh, I'm going to get in a car accident and that the Lord told him this, chances are I'm probably not going to give that a whole lot of weight. Um, moving forward with that, uh, edification means building, exhortation and consolation, comfort. Um, so again, the goal is to is to encourage one another. We, um, I think Glenn, when he does the prophetic uh, part two of this, we'll, we'll get into more activation stuff. I'm intentionally kind of staying away from some of that because I'm me and that's what I'm going to do. Um, uh, and we'll just stay here on where we're at context-wise. Um, here's another little nugget for all of you this morning. Prophecy is the free and enabling gift from the Father to us to help us inherently change the way we look at ourselves and one another. That's me. That's not Sean. I, so if you want to write that down, you'll, you'll build me up a lot. Um, uh, this, is, this is the case, and again, this is derived from between Scripture and from reading that book. Uh, there's a quote. This is falling off my face, bro. Uh, there's, there's a quote in here uh, in the book that uh, read something along the lines of, when we begin to prophesy and ask people, or ask the Lord what he thinks of people, um, your view of people and one another should inherently change. Uh, scripture talks about it's meant for the church. The gift of prophecy and the prophetic and the prophetic culture is meant for our church. It's meant to happen. The reason why is as we begin to prophesy and, and receive words of knowledge and receive words in general about one another, we start to have a perspective change on each other. Uh, we'll start to see one another in a fullness that they're still not even at yet. There's a, there's a quote that Sean says, that Jesus with his disciples, um, he already saw them at their fullest extent before they were even technically converted or saved. They had yet to understand and realize that Jesus was the Messiah, but Jesus was calling them up in love to be disciples and be who they were in him because he saw them in love in their fullness, not because uh, they were the, of their shortcomings as tax collectors and whatever else. He, he saw them already at the end of the race. He saw them holding the trophy as as I've read before. He, saw them, he saw, saw them at their end, and so he encouraged, prophesied, built up, and built relationship in the context of seeing them finish at the end with the trophy, at the end of in, in a full identity in Jesus. And that's what we're called to do as a church. We're, we are called to uh, encourage the prophetic in a way that we um, build up one another through prophecy um, to, to be our full selves in who Jesus has made us to be. And then there's the reality of the prophetic. Prophecy isn't perfect. Be understanding. Uh, this can get, uh, prophecy can get really, really scary. Like, I won't ask for hands because it can get personal. Um, but, like, I've been, like, weird things have been said to me over prophetic stuff. I'm, I'm, again, I don't need hands. But I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room. Uh, so I have these 
these realities of prophetic, the realities of prophetic culture, people will shoot air balls. I started this morning by saying, I try, I, you know, I think I get a word of knowledge and I think I've got something from the Lord and, uh, and I will absolutely shoot an air ball. Uh, I'm pretty sure the last time I did was like Sunday at Kinship. I'm pretty sure I thought I had a word of knowledge, totally missed it. Have definitely tried to give a word of knowledge at work before and totally missed it. So the prophetic is, is a thing that, again, it's not perfect. We'll miss it. Shane, I'm assuming maybe on one or two occasions has probably got thought he had a word and turns out maybe maybe not. Uh, the, it happens to all of us. It's the reality of the prophetic. When we live in a tension of now and not yet, the, the kingdom tension that we live in, we won't get it right every single time. Don't let that be discouraging to you. Uh, again, Paul in, uh, encourages us to eagerly desire the gifts um, again, verse 5, now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy, and greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues. Um, it's for the edification of the church, uh, and, and the one who speaks in tongues edifies himself, who prophesies edifies the church. So we are, we're called to, um, to, to desire this gift and to seek after the Lord uh, and his word for one another and for ourselves. And that's kind of the idea or premise of prophecy. Um, here's the very beginning, back to, back to what it starts with. Prophecy is for now, and it is a gift that we are given and also equally encouraged to pursue and desire. So we are, we are called to this. It is for now. There's probably a large portion of the church still uh, that would say this part of the gifts of the Spirit is not active anymore. Um, some of you may or may not be familiar with those friends of ours, uh, but this, but again, it is for now. Paul encourages us to be after this. This is meant to be um, what we do uh, as part of our church culture. And being living in a prophetic culture, living in um, in asking the Lord for words of knowledge, for direction, for what He's speaking and doing about one another's lives, is a part of what is meant to be our everyday life, and it's more so. Um, or just as equally important to be a part of this in our church culture. Shane and Sarah this morning are a prime example of, of what it means to um, have a prophetic culture within a church community and a church body. Paul continues in Corinthians to go throughout what orderly service looks like. Um, a few of us have probably been to some of the churches with the prophetic where it gets really wild and really crazy and a little, little disorderly. Uh, but Paul says that there's, there's an order to a service that still calls for a waiting on the Spirit, still seeing um, prophetic moves happen and people getting words of knowledge and people um, sharing what they feel like the Lord is doing directionally in one another's lives and in the, in the church's lives as well. So with that, um, this is, it's only 10.15 right now. And uh, let's see. I, I'm running out of stuff really quick. I'm going to be totally honest with you. We're, this is, this is a, I didn't know what I was getting myself into with this one. Um, uh, <laughs> Sarah just told me we have another song, so we're still good. Um, uh, prophecy is for now. God is transcendent. God is imminent. Um, that's, again, it kind of adds on to this. But, uh, um, man, prophetic culture. Donna told me to get into story time, so I'm trying to think if, if I want some. See you, Kyle. Thanks for coming to church, man. It's really good to see you. 
Happy engagement, by the way. Didn't know the honeymoon was so soon. Sorry. Bad joke. Um, <laughs> Donna told me, tell me told a story. Uh, okay, I've got a really good story for how the prophetic has influenced my, my life recently even um, in a context of, again, the orderly service, uh, the gift practically being used and practiced. Um, I was at a conference in Las Vegas, Nevada this last summer. And this author that I've been, been quoting throughout the morning, Sean Bolt, uh, he was one of the speakers at this conference. And uh, I went and played a, played a session on the drums or something like that. And Sean gets up and he starts speaking. And he gets this word. Um, and he gets a word and he says, March 8th, drummer. And he's, he's just practicing. He's, he's just up there. He's basically like, we're, we're just going to wait on the Lord and then we're going to see what I got. Like I've got some things written down that I think the Lord's given me for tonight and we're we're going to see. So he's really, he's just up there practicing a gift in a safe environment. And um, even though it's not my turn to do that, I want to have Shane probably do that this morning, um, just because just I, I trust him a lot. Uh, but Sean, um, but Sean's, you know, I've, I've got some words. So he calls out March 8th drummer. For those of you who don't know, my birthday is March 8th. And clearly, I try and play those drums over there very quietly, very, 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 very quietly. Um, I promise I try. If you don't believe me, we can discuss some other time. I promise I'm trying to play them quiet. Um, Sean gets a word, March 8th, drummer. And so there's about eh, three or 4,000 people at this conference. So I'm thinking, nah, I can't be the only person that plays drums. And my birthday is March 8th. And nobody stands for about five seconds. And my buddy AJ leans over and he hits me on the leg. And so I stand up very nervous because there's a lot of people. And I'm not sure what Sean's about to say. I'm thinking like, I'm like, in my brain, I'm like quickly checking, like, do I have any like hidden stuff? Like, do I need to like, am I, have I been like, okay, I got to check. Am I forgetting something? Like, am I okay? Is he about to read my mail about some emotional thing in front of 3,000 people and I'm just going to start crying? Um, I still started crying, but not for that reason. Uh, he, Sean essentially starts to prophesy and has these words of knowledge about just time between the Lord and I, and he starts um, sharing and basically calling out these dreams I've had since I was probably about 15, 14 or 15 years old, and just starts, he's like, I feel like you've desired this, and that you've been sowing seeds into this since you were young, and you're a musician, and you used to be a part of a worship band, and I sort of was, whatever, um, and we, it was weird, um, and, and, and he just starts calling out all these things, he's got this word of knowledge, uh, and then he proceeds to prophesy, it wasn't huge directionally, he wasn't like, you need to do this to get there. Um, but he just, just really encouraging word on, um, on believing that the Lord wanted to, uh, kind of have a, how do you phrase it? A coming out party for me in this next season of life, as far as with some of my dreams, where I'd start to see some of my dreams come to fruition, uh, in the next, next bit of time. Um, and it was, it was really encouraging and really edifying. And, uh, that was, that got recorded by a friend of mine. And again, this is just to kind of demonstrate the significance, importance, and, uh, and why it's uh, so helpful um, and so necessary to have the prophetic culture in the church is now on days where I'm feeling really down and really not super pumped or uh, keen on the direction of my life currently. For those of you who don't know, I'm a shift supervisor at Starbucks, and I've been there for almost four years, and I'm starting to get a little tired. Uh, so there are days, there are days where I'm, I'm not super excited about it, but having that word and having that encouragement um, 
by someone who, whose premise was all out of love. His premise, some of the stuff he got was first and foremost about just time being spent with the Lord and on loving on the Lord and the Lord loving me back. He started his word with that before he got into any external giftings, callings. It started with the premise of relationship and love, which was um, so edifying, encouraging, and important to me uh, because it kind of lines up with, again, the context, the premise or foundation of, of prophecy being out of love. Um, there are days where I will I'll listen to that recording like two or three times in a day because it gets really hard because it, it got recorded, and so I'll, I'll hang on to that. And that's the kind of the significance I, that prophecy has had most recently in my life. Um, and there's, there's another occasion when I was like 16 or 17. Uh, how many, like how long, there's probably a few of you have been in the vineyard for a while. Uh, Ed Pjork, is that a name that anyone's familiar with in here? There's a few of you, Don I figured you might, you might know him. Uh, 16 or 17, Ed Pjork was the uh, speaker at Cultivation Generation, which used to be the um, youth conference for the Northwest Vineyard region. And Ed taught a word on the Father's heart, and um, at the time, uh, he had no idea who I was, and and, uh, very seldom few people knew that I was adopted by my dad. And so this, Pjork speaks this word, and it was more, it was more congregation, like congregational for like the whole youth, if he, you know, if he felt like that was it related to you. Uh, but that was just kind of another prophetic moment where Ed felt, felt like there was a father's blessing and a father's heart thing that needed to be instilled. And I went up, and that was like my first real and raw encounter uh, at 16 or 17. Um, be, again, because there was the practice of prophecy. There was the practice of um, a prophetic gift being used. Uh, but I can't drive home enough the emphasis of, of doing it in love, um, Every occasion that I've had prophecy uh, impact my life, it has been um, with a premise of seeing people be loved on and be full in love. So I'll, I'll just drive back home um, this one point, uh, this quote from Sean. Uh, the prophetic is meant to be like this. It is the technology or smart device to our spiritual love. It is a tool that accelerates relationship and creates connection with people, cities, countries, industries, and the world. Through it, we see a very real glimpse of God's heart and get to treat people exactly the way God intended them to be treated from the beginning. So as we get into more prophecy and as Glenn kind of activates more of that for us uh, here in a couple of weeks, um, here's your premise. There's not like, there's probably a lot to teach on prophecy and I'm probably missing a chunk of it and I'm okay with that if this is what we get driven home is, um, is this, this little thing right here. Um, you can ask for words of knowledge and ask the Lord to speak to you, uh, and you'll, you can get something, or, you might, or you'll get something and find out it's not right. Uh, but if this is your heart and this is your premise behind it, then probably more often than not, you'll get a word that is accurate or that it speaks to someone. Um, and it, even if you don't, when this is the right motivation and the right intent, I, there, won't be, there won't be offense. There won't be these, these burned bridges that happen through these you know, prophetic cultures. There's a lot of stinginess on prophetic in the prophetic culture uh depending on where you go uh because of what it has done because what what some of name big name prophets of today have done in the in particularly in the united states um, but when the premise is this and it's not to try and sound like this this voice or throne of like this voice of god that is you know imminent and let god be imminent and let us be people um and when that's the case, we'll be able to prophesy out of this place. And even if you're wrong, you won't offend, you won't cut. Um, and you'll learn to keep trying again because you'll keep seeing people 
out of and in a place of love. You'll want to keep seeing people into a place of fullness in Jesus uh, rather than just trying to see if you got a word right or not. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be right uh, when you get a prophetic word. I don't want to knock that. Um, but when this is the premise, it, it just won't be the same kind of concern as much as thinking your reputation is built on how accurate you are with those kinds of things. So um, with that, I think I'm going to have, Shane, if you're comfortable, if you want to come up, Sarah, too, if you want to. Nope, okay. Um, and then if I can get the ministry team on each side. I just want to take a sec and just pray and invite the Holy Spirit. Actually, I'm going to change this up. Everyone, can we have everyone stand up? This is something that uh, my pastor, Lanny Paget at Salem Vineyard used to practice. Um, we would all stand, and we're just going to take a sec, and we're just going to wait on the Lord. And um, if you're comfortable, feel free to put your hands out like you're receiving a gift. Um, and we're just going to take a moment, and we're going to wait on the Lord. And if you get something, uh, feel free to, to call it out. If you're not comfortable um, with that, um, ask the Lord to give you some courageousness and some boldness. And if that still doesn't work, then you can come tell me or Shane, and we'll share it. Um, but yeah, we'll just take a sec if that's all right. So I just want to say something real quick, too. I, um, when, when I called out earlier about just feeling like there was a grace for people to hear the voice of God this morning, um, I, I honestly had no idea that Tucker was going to be speaking on this today. Um, so for me, that was actually confirmation in what I was hearing. Um, so I, I, I'm going to put you guys on the spot real quick. Did anybody, during that time after worship, did anybody hear anything from the Lord? Just a quick show of hands. Okay, awesome. So a, a few people. Is there anybody that heard something that typically doesn't or either has never heard anything from the Lord before or typically doesn't hear from the Lord? Okay. So that, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, I saw at least four hands right there. So, um, so God, thank you. I, I thank you for that. that and and uh, as, as Tucker was just saying, I, I think uh, it would be great to just go into that a little bit more. Um, I just wanted to say real quick, the book that Tucker was talking about, uh, Translating God, um, I read that about two, three months ago, and um, it completely changed my life. I, I, I felt like I rarely ever heard from the Lord. Um, I didn't really understand. Take that back. I did understand why. And Glenn's going to go into a lot more. Uh, hearing from the Lord is more than just being able to give a word to somebody. It, it transcends our prayer life. It transcends a, our, our ability to just dive into Scripture. It, it sometimes is a framework for our relationship with the Lord. So, um, I, it really changed my life. I, I made it a goal to, I mean, for months, every single time um, I go into a public place, I'm asking the God for uh, God for a word for a person there, restaurants, the, the, the waitresses, um, front people at the front desk of the hotel. And uh, I, I mean, it is, it's been amazing to see how, how much more God has been giving me just in that faithfulness and stepping out and trying it. Um, as Tucker said, it is a gift freely given, um, and and we don't have to strive for it. But at the same time, I think God blesses our desire in stepping out in, in faith and testing it and, and giving those words. And, and I've seen it for myself. The, the more I step out in faith and the more I give those words, the more <clears throat> he gives me it and the more specific things are. I was I was at a hotel um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and I heard it, I had a really vague word for the person at the front desk, and I and I was going to go share it. And I was like, no, God, I want something really specific. Like, I pray that you would give me. And so he started speaking to me about Florida and, 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 and dates. And so I actually went up to the girl and it turns out she had just moved there from Florida. The, the date that I had heard was actually her, her dad's birthday. And so it just, so the, God revealed this whole thing to me as far as, um, 
this prophetic word for her. And, and so again, it, it was that is that obedience in, in stepping out and trying it. So I say that to say that I, I really encourage you guys just to really um, spend this time and just listen and, and, and know that it's going to start out. For those who haven't heard the, uh, the Lord's voice or don't hear it frequently, it might just be a word. And, and ask God, what, what, do you t- what is that word? And, and you'll st- a lot of times you'll start to hear more words and you'll start to build kind of as this, this message that he's trying to speak to you. So um, 